0: Just to kick things off, uh, our our th- our thought was a mental health potluck uh, for today. So we're laying out a buffet, and uh, and we, uh, if you were in our email list, uh, you uh, received some asks uh, for uh, throwing at us your uh, suggestions for mental health, like what is working for you, that sort of thing. So um, so we'll we'll before we're done here today, we're going to pass on. We've uh, we've put together a document that we'll um, we'll also release and we'll go through here that has a ton of ideas ton of technology, a ton of resources uh, that uh, you might find helpful. And, uh, and our, our basic launching off point for this was there is no one size fits all response to uh, mental health. And so we wanted to lay out a buffet table, lots of things, a potluck, everybody's bringing something. And so you can take onto your plate what you like. Uh, Kyle, kick us off for our discussion about mental health and the overlap of that with Jesus Spirituality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hello everyone. I'm Kyle Hannaford. I'm uh, also one of the pastors here. Um, excited to be with people. It is always very wonderful to see other people uh, that also exist in this world with me. That you know, the world around me doesn't just end with the four people I interact with every day. So, um, yeah. So, uh, not a shocker. This is a challenge. The season we're in right now, and it is a a unique challenge when it comes to mental health because of the different things that tend to trigger uh, challenges with mental health. Almost all of them are on the table right now. You have social isolation, you have uh, financial concerns, you have just what it means to exist within like a, a worldwide trauma, like something like this happening. I think all of these things um, put a weight on our mental life. Um, and so uh, what I believe and I've experienced is that faith and faith communities, at their best, um, are things that are equipping and helping us navigate mental health. I often think of mental health and spiritual health as the same thing. They are kind of uh, to try to divide them apart from each other is is just a task that I've never been able to accomplish. Um, and so, what we want to do is uh, acknowledge. Um, I think at its best, as I said, a faith community helps us with our mental health. Um, at its worst, a faith community can be trite and tell us, the, like, here's the one-size-fits-all answer to your mental health. Um, it can be trite and saying, like, hey, this will work. Um, even at its worst, it can be shaming and in some ways dismissive, saying that maybe there's some, something that you're doing wrong and that if you just fix that, that somehow the mental health is something you should just get over. And I think what's probably true is we struggle through this season. This will be a process. And what works for Vince is different than what works for me. And so we want to be able to throw out a lot of stuff out there today to say, here are things in our community that people are trying that is helping them navigate this season. And then hopefully in that process, uh, you in the company of God and the Holy Spirit will help lead you into something that is actually helping you. Not something that people say should help you, but something that actually does work for you. So with that said, Vince, for you, how is uh, mental health in this season going? How is mental health? What, what are your thoughts about what a faith community or faith uh, in connection with Jesus could help in this season?
0: Yeah, I, um, I found myself thinking about uh, something that I learned um, from uh, the experts in, in mental health, from counselors and um, in, in professional psychology and things like that. And it's the difference between um, what are called primary strategies or uh, secondary strategies, um, and these are these are two things that we both need for our mental health. Um, uh, but they kind of the, the interplay of them is important to distinguish and remember. And so, um, and I think it's connected to something that we could use um, spiritual language for. So I'll, I'll I'll connect it before we're done here. But primary strategies are like the habits or core beliefs or realities that for us are like natural and automatic. Uh, we don't have to like work ourselves up to do them. They just kind of flow out of us naturally. That's why they're primary. They're like, the, you know, if I have a core belief that I am worthy of love, I don't have to do a lot of self-talk to, uh, you know, like in, in a moment where I feel that threatened, where somebody has hurt me or where I feel ashamed, I don't have to do a whole lot of self-talk to get myself back to a place of like, okay, I'm balanced, I'm worthy of love because I have a core belief. So that's, that's an example of a primary strategy is working on those core beliefs, those core habits that just flow out of you naturally or habitually. And uh, the best therapy do, it like kind of works on primary strategies for us. Uh, the secondary strategies are also really important, uh, but these are like the day-by-day, moment-to-moment, things that we intentionally do or consciously engage in to find immediate relief from anxiety or like to try to like in the moment, get back to a a place of mental balance. Uh, So for example, I learned at one point in therapy, uh, the practice of grounding myself in my five senses um, when I feel a panic attack coming on. So it's like, you know, what can I, what can I smell? What can I hear? What can I touch? What can I feel? Uh, And that, that kind of like brings me back to, okay, this is where I am. I'm right here. That, like, I am not actually in that place that I'm so afraid might happen, and I'm okay here uh, because I'm I'm just using my five senses. What's immediately in front of me, and it gets me out of whatever panic is going on internally. Uh, so that's a secondary strategy: is grounding yourself in your five sentence, uh, senses. And these kind of things, I think, secondary strategies right now are super important because we are in like, uncharted territory. Like, n- none of us have ever done global pandemic before. Not, maybe, maybe you like, went to an alternate universe and you have some experience with that. You can teach us, but I'm pretty sure none of us have done this before. And so, uh, so trying to figure out like, secondary strategies right now is super important because it's like, oh my gosh, like, I'm dealing with things I don't have a log of experiences to rely on. Um, and so that that also like th- these are these are both really important the primary and the secondary. But uh, what I what I want to bring in is uh, there are spiritual terms to talk about these same things. And so uh, in in the in the Christian tradition we might call uh, uh, secondary strategies spiritual disciplines, uh, and in, and we might call uh, primary strategies relationship with God. And so uh, this is what I think of like build, building over time a deep back and forth and trusting relationship with God. Is in it for me in my experience the, the most primary strategy for dealing with mental health right now? So, like, just this week, I felt like God really heard me as I was processing financial stress like, financial stress about this church, financial stress about us personally. And uh, it was this moment of, like, I, I brought it in prayer, and uh, and oh, like a- almost immediately, I just felt like that. Fear that anxiety dissipate about it. It was it was something that that flew out of my prayer experience naturally, flowed out of my prayer experience naturally. I didn't have to like work myself up for it. It was like a, a half day of feeling anxious, and then the rest of the week was really calm, and and I actually had a lot of peace about finances, and that was kind of wild. And I I, I think like as a as a personality bend, I'm not necessarily somebody who is is easy to uh, to not feel stressed out about things uh, with data, like money, you know, uh, so uh, that, that's kind of almost all the more sign that it was God for me, that it was just like, oh, wow, I, I'm no longer feeling stressed about that. And so I think what happened is that peace is flowing out of uh, the relationship with God that I have built over time. Like at this point in my life, I've been a praying person for well over a decade and kind of leaned into that. And so that happened very automatically, very naturally. I didn't have to work myself up to do it. It just kind of flew out of that. And the, the fact that it was so natural, the fact that it was so quick and powerful is I think the sign like, this is a great primary strategy. If you have something like that, that kind of like baseline relationship with God uh, uh, like undergirding you, I think that that can really feed these times of mental health. And so that, that would be the reason to lean into a, a pro, like make, make a relationship with God kind of a primary strategy. Uh, on the other hand, um, how you get a primary, um, how you get a relationship with God is by doing secondary strategies and doing them over time and making and helping those like affecting you and growing you and changing you and so you know it's it's ideally i think uh, i think what i would want to leave us with in terms of um, how can this teach us is the the only way we can get to the point of uh primary uh having that primary strategy of a relationship with god that can feed us quickly and really naturally and automatically is to engage the various disciplines and things that I think we're going to be seeing people uh, uh, throw out in, in, uh, in in the potluck that we're talking about, trying these things, but not just trying them for the immediate relief of what anxiety is right in front of you, also trying them as a means to this greater end of relationship with God. Any one of these things that we're about to offer, any one of the things that I think any of us can throw out as, hey, this helps me in the moment, it can also be more than just an in the moment thing. It can guide you toward like sort of, uh, a, a greater end, which is a relationship that can, that can work much more naturally that you don't actually have to like set aside time for, because it happens natural. It, like we, we might begin with something as a discipline, but over time, it no longer needs to be a discipline because it's just coming out of us from a very automatic place. Uh, Kyle, how does all of that hit you? Does that feel like uh, like something that uh, I don't know, like makes your heart sing a little bit? Does it feel hard? Does it feel somewhere in between? You know,
1: I, so I, I'm, I'm on board with uh, God being a helpful piece in this. And, my, and for him, uh, feeling like the undergirding of trust, dialing down my anxiety, all of those things have felt really helpful. Prayer practices that are about directly interacting with him have felt really helpful in this season right now. But, you know, it's interesting when you talk about relationship with God uh, my brain goes, it kind of depends on, uh, I don't think that that's necessarily a one size uh, fit all, like what, or even like what, when we hear develop relationship with God, we're often reading that through our own cultural lenses. Um, and so for me, there's a version when I hear relationship with God that makes me think, well, I should just be joyful all the time. Like, like I shouldn't, you know, there's some version of my relationship. Be, oh, if I am somebody who has a relationship with God, that can feel almost like a, an abstract thing to think, well, what does that mean?
0: Oh, interesting. So it's like it, you, that—that's you're—you're a, a, you're somebody who grew up going to church. So it's sort of like pulling out things that might trigger you to hear that as like the solution here, or that as like a primary strategy.
1: That's uh, so why I—I know enough about you that I think everything you're talking about, I 100% agree with. That absolutely, these undergirdings of, of this experience of a God who is there and with me sometimes it's really hard to break out of my brain what is uh, this kind of real living experience of a God who's feeding me, and then what is it, the certain cultural frameworks of what that should mean, and there's some of those things that I think have, don't work well with my mental health. I think one of those things of the sense of like, I really should be a joyful person, and there's something about my relationship with God that somehow protects me from these challenges, and um, you know, or, or for me, a lot of it's like uh, this kind of push that it really should be this this dedicated, what we used to call is our quiet time in the morning. That's the piece that like makes the world okay. And so I need to have those time in the morning and really that's the, that's the way through that, even though um, there's another version of this, which I've experienced, which is this kind of really life giving experience of connection to a God. And I think for me in this season, the version of this that has felt most helpful is developing this ongoing experience of a God who has, uh, who is not distant from what I'm walking through. Like I think about um, what it means that I have a God, you know, they talk about the temptation of Jesus or the trials of Jesus and, you know, less specifically what those trials are trying to communicate, but just the fact of walking through this period of time in his life where he was experiencing real challenges, real trials, threats, you know, to me, I think about the kind of threats in the, in this, period where, you know, the the enemy, the devil's throwing all these things at him, these these trials and temptations, and he's kind of fending them off. To me, that often resonates with a little bit of what my mental life feels like sometimes. And so it's like, oh, Jesus has some familiarity with that. Or I think about him, you know, lamenting his experience in the Garden of Gethsemane of like, oh, dear God, am I really going to have to go through this? That helps me right now when I'm like, how many months are we doing this? Oh, do, like am I the sense of dread. Uh, and then the sense of loneliness of like of Jesus talking about being forsaken. And so when, I, when I'm connecting with a God that's speaking out of a cultural framework in me that says, I should be happy. You know, these quiet times where I read the Bible every morning is what keeps me healthy. That often doesn't feel super helpful to me. When I think about a God who has walked through this with me, And all these experiences is deeply, intimately aware of that and longs to be with me in that. And then that experience of of trying to do practices to connect me with him feels immensely helpful to me.
0: I love that. I mean, what an important, I think you're drawing out a really, really important texture, specifically for any of us uh, in this community who have uh, gone to church a great deal in your life or received a great deal of religious messages in your life that um, the, 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 some of these, the, the idea of strategies to, uh, to, to work mental health uh, into your life, like that's the, that's the version of this that, it, that you should actually like hold to. It's like, what actually is guiding you toward mental health? But the problem is that all of these strategies, and I think any of the things that we might see, whether, they're, whether they seem overtly spiritual or not, on the, on the, on the list of, of things that we've compiled from everybody in the church, uh, each one of those things could be a terrible burden that actually is not going to feed you or it could be something that leads you to mental health and it's all in about what it, what it, I think this is what we're getting at with like what are we setting in our sights you know if we if we find something that works in the moment and then and it works for somebody and then we teach it to somebody else and we try that and the only thing we're focused on is just immediate relief. I think that for some people, like we're just going to be destined to be in this back and forth of like, yeah, that works for me, but it doesn't work for you. Screw this, you know, and uh, or if that works for you, It doesn't work for me. I should say, and uh, and then and then we end up dissatisfied, or we end up trying something and it works for a time, and then it's not going anywhere, and so we just put it down. But I think the idea of seeing this as like means to a greater end. None of these things matter. Like you know, the the, the spiritual things that you were taught as a kid, your your quiet time is that's not the only way to connect with God, right? And likewise. The things that we have on our list here, are I see somebody writing, read your Bible more. Yeah, that's a great one. Read your Bible more, that fixes it, right? Uh, this is not the only way to experience God. Likewise, all of the things in our list here are not the only ways to, to find God or to find mental health or to find Jesus speaking to your mental health and bringing balance to you. They're not the only ways. They are tools that get you to a greater end. And if we don't have that greater end of like, hopefully this is going to build some sort of relationship that actually I'm drawing from that actually feels like I I think about my relationship with my wife. Like, why is it that I enjoy spending time with my wife after, you know, in that distant uh, universe that was past when, when I would come home from work Uh, you know, why is it that I would so enjoy uh, seeing her at the end of the day? It's because we built up relationships because there was so much that was automatic in, in, in our experience together that makes me feel so, Uh, uh, present and calm and okay in a way that, you know, all of the various things and stresses that I might face throughout my day don't have that familiarity. And that's essentially what we're shooting for if we can use any tool to kind of build something that is greater, build something that actually uh, it it feels like it flows out of us. And then we don't need any of the disciplines. We don't need any of the of uh, like we don't we don't need a quiet time to look a certain way we don't need to do this or that thing uh, to feel uh, settled or balanced uh, but that takes time to build and so that it's, it's it's not a it's not throwing shade on these secondary strategies I mean that's why we're throwing them out on the table because they're also important but what it is is allowing them to be what they can be and nothing more and then uh, and, and then I think we can build something that's actually resilient. So before we jump into
1: those, I think there's the one last thing for me, this is certainly where I think we as a church want to come at things is what is behind all this. And there's an analogy that has felt really helpful to us, which is uh, in a lot of ways, you know, Jesus talked about, uh, referred to God as a doctor. And I think for us, the one thing we talk about is what does it mean to engage with God as a doctor and not as a boss? And I think a boss God is the person that said, these are the requirements from you. This is what I'm wanting from you. I'll follow these things. And then you get the paycheck at the end of the day. Um, you get the pay. And so it, it's kind of this sense of like, this is what's asked of you for this kind of incentive. Uh, the doctor is chiefly concerned with your health. Everything that's being asked of us, everything that's being suggested is not so that the doctor can maximize their productivity, It's not so meeting those requirements. It is for the sake of our health. And so if there's ever a question where it comes down to this place of, hey, this is something that from a spiritual perspective, from a Christian perspective, people say I should be doing, but you know what? It actually really feels shame-filled to me. It actually feels oppressive to me. It feels burdensome. It feels all of these things I think the one way we, at the end of the day, we believe Jesus is wanting us to be healthier people. And the things that he's offering us, the medicine that the doctor offers us, at the end of the day is about trying to make us healthier. And if it's not having that effect, I think it's okay for us to take a step back and say, I'm gonna go back to my doctor and say, I'm having weird side effects to this medication. Could you prescribe me something different?
0: That's wonderful. All right, so that, okay, we're gonna keep that in the back of our mind. God is our doctor. God is the, the wonderful counselor, right? We even use those, those words in, in, in is that Isaiah, wonderful counselor, wonderful doctor, all of those things. So uh, le- Jen, let's put up our, um, our list of things that we've compiled from folks uh, okay. and uh, we're going to go through these and we'll tell you about them here. Thank you to everybody who offered something. We got some really great stuff um, and uh, I think that people are going to be helped by us looking through, all of the various things. We have a few different sections. So first off, uh, some prayers and scriptures and poetry uh, that we've compiled over the last many weeks. So first off, there was Prayers from Terry on Instagram, which we uh, kicked off a few of our um, uh, virtual services with. Uh, Wonderful. Equal parts funny and deep. Uh, So Prayers from Terry on Instagram is a really great resource in this time. Uh, I've found him like bringing me down, you know, like kind of bringing me that balance in a moment that I needed it. I've also found him making me laugh in a moment that I needed it. So wonderful. Uh, The next would be the divine hours. Uh, So this is a fixed hour prayer. uh, And we have a link in here where it's hosted online. And, uh, fixed hour prayer is sort of an ancient way to pray. It's present in, um, in the Christian tradition. It's present in the Muslim tradition, most specifically. And, uh, and it's a wonderful entrance into, uh, like your day and then, uh, a breaking point transition in, in the middle of your day. And then as you lay down at the end of the day, there are four different offices as they're called in uh, fixed hour prayer in the divine hours. And the divine hours were compiled, uh, by a, a wonderful, um, teacher named Phyllis Tickle, uh, who is, the late Phyllis Tickle. She's passed away, but she is one of, uh, I, I, was, I was lucky enough to get to see her speak before she died, and she's probably the smartest person when it comes to the history of religion and, uh, and the helpfulness of, of religion that actually is life-feeding uh, and not life-sucking, uh, maybe than I've ever heard. Phyllis Tickle was amazing. So uh, you get a little bit of uh, a glimpse of her kind of bringing us into prayer uh, through the divine hours. Uh, Next would be uh, the prayer of St. Teresa of Avila. Um, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, She was a a Christian mystic in the 1500s. And there is actually a melody that this is set to. Um, And and, and so if you're a musical person, um, this one's uh, quite well known, but it's let nothing disturb you, nothing distress you. When all things fade away, God is unchanging. Be patient for with God in your heart, nothing is lacking. God is enough. Uh, and I just love that and it sort of repeats the, the final line. Uh, there's a great melody and um, uh, I, I've, I've shared also later in this uh, document my uh, Spotify prayers list and uh, the, the, the melody of that prayer is in that uh, uh, Spotify playlist if you like that one. Uh, there is the Celtic evening prayer that um, uh, our singular D Dee led us in a few weeks ago to begin our, our service. Uh, The, uh, uh, Lord, I am am not feeling this, but help me believe. It's a a wonderful prayer. It really helped us kind of settle our hearts in a place that all of those things felt really true as we prayed them. Uh, We have had the mention of a lot of poetry. So Mary Oliver was something that we prayed together uh, earlier um, a few weeks ago. Uh, John O'Donohue is what Haley brought to us this morning. Lovely, lovely. I I love the way Haley in particular, you, you turned this poem into a prayer for us. That was fantastic. So uh, O'Donoghue is an Irish poet who has uh, like a a rich tradition behind him. So uh, love that one. Next, we have some technology. So there is, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this one right, but the Savello app. Uh, Kyle, what were you going to say?
1: Well, before we jump into that, I just want one thing to add to that is for me, what's been really helpful is the entire book of Psalms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's particularly one I've been going back to, I just posted it in the chat, Psalm 142. It is the sol- it, it is one of the psalms that David writes while hiding in a cave. And I think there's been something about the season that we're in right now of, you know, he's hiding out from like different external threats, you know, like the threat of being killed by other people. But there's something about the lament of that experience. Uh, and I have found particularly lamenting psalms to have felt really helpful to me. So the kinds of psalms that say things like, uh, you know, like I cry aloud, I lift up my voice for mercy, I-, I pour out my complaint, you know, I think those types of things, particularly when the world is feeling heavy, uh, I found really helpful in this space as well.
0: Very good. Very good. Okay, so uh, sen- Senvelo, or sen- um, the, the app here, um, is, uh, is the first bit on our technology thing. This is a mental health app for uh, managing stress and anxiety and depression, Um, And it is offering uh, free premium access right now during the COVID-19 crisis. So that is something that you can take advantage of. We're grateful for Heather for that uh, suggestion. Uh, We have uh, a number of people who mentioned the Headspace app. Um, And it's a very popular one uh, for mindfulness and meditation. And so uh, know that there's quite a few people in uh, in this community who are being helped by that one. Uh, next would be uh, the Liturgist podcast, which is uh, a well known one by a number in our community as well, and particularly the episode From Hopelessness to Healing, which was a conversation with somebody who's uh, written a, uh, a book recently on trauma and uh, journeying on with trauma in your story. Uh, next, we had a specific call out for Yoga with Adrian. Uh, so that's, I think, a YouTube channel. Thanks, uh, thanks to Linda for that one. Uh, so, uh, Yoga with Adrian, check it out. Um, ab- apparently, very welcoming down to earth and no previous experience is necessary. Uh, Here is the Spotify playlist that I mentioned. My my playlist is prayers and it's public there. You can find it there. Um, And yeah, uh, among other things is the the prayer of St. Teresa of Avila in in, uh, song form. We had uh, a few different um, ideas, just kind of like um, uh, best thoughts, best uh, um, um, ways to think about, frames of mind. And so first was uh, the idea of a mental health ally or accountability partner. So someone who we can intentionally check in on, uh, who can intentionally check in on us uh, and have hard conversations with us when we're feeling at our worst. Uh, and this was great. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Morgan who passed this on uh, is somebody who's in a uh, mental health field. And one thing she mentioned is, this is different from a therapist. Like that's a different set of boundaries and relationships. But this is something that can be a really, really helpful relationship Uh, if we set the boundaries for it, if we make it clear, like, uh, you know, this is what I'm hoping for out of this. um, And can we can can I have this kind of relationship with you? Uh, What a huge help when you can have somebody who who has permission to have those hardest conversations with you when you're feeling at your lowest. Uh, Next, uh, an idea from uh, from a friend of of, brown line who uh, who Facebooked in an idea Um, uh, set simple, manageable goals for the day. And the example that she gave, I love this, is like, take a shower and wash your hair. You hear how simple that is? Hear how manageable that is? Like the idea was like, no, like don't, we all want to set like massive goals for our day right now. But what if we set super simple, super manageable goals it, that is not an insignificant thing. The idea of setting a goal and fulfilling it actually really does a lot for our hearts. And so it, it's super, super helpful to do something like that. And it gets you thinking about your day ahead of time. So uh, that thank you to Amy, our friend of, uh, of Brownline for that. Uh, next was uh, strip away shoulds and experiment with your day. So we're uh, indebted to Laura for, uh, for this uh, suggestion. She says, especially if you're a perfectionist, challenging your shoulds and being more flexible can be an, a, a truly inspiring and freeing thing. Uh, and, uh, and the idea of experimenting with your day, try one thing. If it's not working, try something else. There, you, you don't need to hold yourself to, uh, to something just because it, uh, that, I mean, that's the idea of examining your shoulds. And, uh, and certainly I feel our conversation around secondary uh, strategies there. It's a secondary strategy that somebody is laying on you that's a should, is not actually a strategy for mental health, it's not working. Uh, so uh, thank you to Laura for that one. Uh, next is, uh, I love this one, um, it's uh, from my, my father-in-law, I'm indebted to him for this, uh, Stephen, so thanks for this one, Stephen. It's the Call Positive Experience Inventory, the KPEI. We have a link there. Uh, this is essentially a kickstart for gratitude. It's awesome. It's like this ridiculous, like list of of uh, experiences or memories or things that might spur gratitude in you, and uh, and it's really great. Like it's it's really exhaustive. It kind of goes in all sorts of places. Uh, my favorite one that's in there because it's it's just like it seems like it's a relic from another time is operatic climaxes, <laughs> which I just thought was hysterical. But uh, you know. I just, Boy, do I love a good operatic climax. So that, that's in there too. Uh, anyway, uh, the KPEI is an awesome way to kickstart some gratitude. Uh, next is solo or group mental health dance party. Thank you, Rebecca, for this. Extremely important, especially if you have children, the group mental health dance party. I can just speak from personal experience. Oh my goodness, does that help it just like settles everything. We're happier afterwards. We're kinder to each other afterwards. So embrace the uh, mental health dance party. And then finally, uh, acknowledging that mental health is not one size fits all, uh, that this time can bring up uh, different emotions and different struggles for different people. No one should feel like they need to be living their best lives right now. It's okay to not feel okay. And we're grateful to Linda for uh, that reminder, acknowledging mental health is not. One size fits all finally, our last page here is uh, our uh, professional resources that we collect here uh, at uh, Brownland Church and so we have a number of professional counselors. Uh, we are aware of many uh, counseling professionals that are offering telehealth uh, options right now and uh, and that uh, we're also aware that many insurance uh, plans have expanded their, uh, their uh, coverage for mental health uh, needs right now. And so we want to encourage you, these are great starting points. They're not the only best good counselors that are around, but these are great starting points if, you, if any of these sound interesting to you. And just to piggyback on that,
1: I would say for me, uh, I, I've been doing t- some telehealth counseling and it has it's been one of the handful of things that I think has is, is been the most helpful. And just to reiterate that with uh, COVID happening, most insurance companies and most places have really changed a lot of their um, abilities to do sliding scales, abilities for insurance to cover more. And so in a lot of ways, this might feel like a hard season to go and find a counselor, but in actually many other ways, this is going to be the the easiest and most affordable time to find a counselor right now. Wow. Um, it's It's immensely helpful.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. What, what, what a, a kind of a strange thing, but it seems true that this could be the easiest time uh, uh, that we've had in a while to, to get uh, connected with a counselor. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, we're so, so grateful for everybody who participated and brought something to the potluck. Uh, I'm, I am praying that, uh, that for each of us, uh, something stands out here um, and, uh, and it does not need to be anything. We, we pray that something would stand out in not a should way, but that it would feel like, oh yeah, that's a really helpful strategy uh, that I can try now for immediate relief. But then I'll, I'll, I'll leave again my, uh, my recommendation here. I think what will really take these to the next level is don't just uh, use these options as, uh, as, a, as a relief in the moment. Use it as a way to build relationship with God that you might find that more natural, automatic thing coming through. Uh, That I think is going to be the best strategy for all of our mental health.